You've found it, and we are ready to rise with you. Rise with Sid McNary. This podcast is an extension of the Art of Peaceful Living movement. Get ready to enjoy, be empowered, and elevate your life as we rise together. Grab your beverage of choice. No matter where you are, the time is now. Here he is, your leader for a better today. Rise with Sid McNary. It's time we start living your dream. Welcome, everybody, to the Rise with Sid McNary podcast, where we have Michelle and Glenn here, and it continues this awesome conversation that just continues to roll through, and and really grateful that Glenn, as he's out in L.A. about to go on set, that he's able to be in this conversation that we're having today, and and it's about reflections and what's, what's yours, how's it showing up, let it be over, you know, I think... For me, when I, as to kick this off, the looking at my reflection and everything, like we had the first, it's almost over. Is it over yet? And here we are, let it be over. And that comes into my reflection. How am I moving with things in the moment and what's reflecting from inside of me that's showing up in my reality? And and I just want to take a moment and and give you all a chance to come in on this on this conversation and then we'll just do as we do and and eventually bring everybody up to join in and all those things and and I'll pass it to you all to to bring in what you want. Thanks, peace. Okay, Sid. So, that's really interesting. So, is it is it over yet and uh reflecting on I think for me, the idea of rebirth or birthing, uh, inventing, creating a space out of maybe the ashes of what's been over, um, maybe while I'm still in the midst of it's being over, inventing a conversation for living to live into, that's an invitation to honor what I've had, uh, uh, but also let it go, uh, to not attach to conversations that, and what I mean by conversations are, um, let me call them interpretations or maybe a, a paradigm that is not serving me or not serving the world that I envision. And oftentimes it's an inner job of looking at how strongly I'm bent to judgment as a way to protect myself. And so looking at those, those judgments and saying, are those real? Are they, what is the value in them? Can I allow them to lay and unattached from them? Because I'm either most likely attaching to something that is not serving me perhaps or restricting me uh, from really giving myself over to what it is that I declare is most important to me and most vital to me. And I, I was just having a conversation this morning with Glenn and, you know, I was noticing that for myself, 
I have a conversation that isn't serving me and it's, it's like allowing me to maintain like a martyr-esque position. And I, I, I don't, that's not serving me. It's not serving anyone else. And so there are some actions I can take that will allow me to invent that new future that will um, create beautiful energy and beautiful abundance uh, within my experience of my own life and the people that have to be on the phone with me. So, um, so I just thought I'd start there and I'll pass the mic. Awesome. So I'll, I'll continue into this and, and as I look at reflections, it's something that I wrote in my book, uh, Yoga and Life Empowerment. And it's it's really about when I think about the how that showed up in my life, really paying attention to it. It was on my vision quest where when you go on vision quest after you've gone on the fourth one, it's about recognizing the South. And the South is re representative of brother coyote who's the trickster uh you know will bait you in with laughter and look real kind but then it can get you with with its aggressiveness to to trick you into that space and and so as i began to really look at walking the red road and what it looks like to see the divine and everything that began to be a chance of looking within myself and anything on the outside is always a reflection of what's going on inside of me. You know, the only way I see something is because it's how I am seeing it. It's how I think of it is the way that it is in front of me from this vantage point. That's why I can't even see my own face because it's not even possible. And so as I, I look at that in my life, it's those moments that anything showed up as a conflict in me that the reflection was that's when the reflection became my work you know even as i face this moment today of someone who had been talking about me the conflict was in me i, I felt it when i woke up this morning and and there was it was strange because i was like all right what where is this cough coming from inside of me i could feel it but i wasn't even coughing and and then all of a sudden this person came into my into my awareness and as soon as i addressed it and went right into it i had an opportunity first to voice what had happened in the past second to welcome that person into something different and then finally to say okay here i am and i forgive you i forgive you for any of it that has gotten us here and now what if you're willing, we can step forward into something new. And it was great to do that practice in real time with people hearing it and seeing it. And that's the reflection for me, reflect everything is a reflection of me and how I'm, how I'm moving is why it shows up the way it does. And so I'm just, I'm grateful to be able to step right into in real time, uh, this conversation and, and get this started and then bringing everybody up to continue into it. So thank you for being part of it with me in real time. The conversations about reflections and over the last three weeks, we went from, or this is the third week, we went from the first week where 
it was almost over. And we had that conversation on how immediately, as soon as something is happening, it's closer to the end than it is to the beginning. And so it is almost over, however long that's going to take. And then last week we were in the space of, is it over yet? Like, what am I holding on to that continues to bring it forward? And now we're in this space of let it be over. And so in the topic of talking about reflections, we're talking about, okay, how is this reflecting whatever it is in someone's life? How is it reflecting what's going on inside of them? So I'm going to pass it to you. Thanks. Peace. All right. Yeah, that was a great reset. So thank you for that, Sid. Yeah, it's very, very true. When we, no matter what our experiences are, they are not going to last forever. And uh, when that happens, the reflection part of it, I think, I, I think there's there's more to it than just simply experiencing it and reflecting on it and being aware of the three parts, the beginning, the middle, and the end. I think uh, I, I posted something, and this may or may not resonate with you guys, but it certainly did with me when I first heard it said by somebody else. Uh, it was actually one of the actors. I brought this up in, in uh, one of my rooms. It was um, Tom Hanks, who was sitting at a table. And he was sitting at a table with other actors, and they were just chatting about, really, about things that they've come to learn and experience. And Tom Hanks made the comment, this too shall pass. And it went on to, Tom went on to say, you think you've got a great uh, a great role right now? This too shall pass. You think you've got this? This too shall pass. He was talking about the good things as much as he was talking about the bad things. So if you're looking at the reflection, this is over, let it, let it be over. What was your intent? Um, if it was something really good, if it was meeting with someone that you really love, uh, did you make the most of the beginning, the middle, and as you were parting that memory, was it something that you really truly threw yourself into? Whatever that may be, because you're absolutely right. There will be a beginning of this thing and then suddenly you'll find yourself in the middle of it. And then you'll find yourself at the end of it and thinking, okay, that was a memory. But if I consciously uh, prepare myself or, or prepares not even the word, walk into something knowing, hey, this is a great experience. Am I taking enough photos? Am I telling people that I love them uh, you know, as much as I should be? I'm speaking with someone on the phone. This, even this clubhouse experience right now is, uh, is something, there's a beginning, a middle and an end. Am I making the, the most out of every experience? I also heard something that uh, I think might resonate with you uh, and Michelle and Glenn and everybody here actually. Uh, and I wish I can do this complete justice, but it was something like when you were a child, you went out to play with your friends for the very last time. And when you think about that, that's true. You know, all these buddies and these friends, these, uh, you know, girls and guys or whatever that you were friends with, you went out and you played with them, not knowing it was your, your very last time to ever see them because your lives went in separate directions. So I think, yes, appreciating the fact that we do have a beginning in an experience, a middle in an experience and an end, it might give us that conscious uh, pull to actually experience it as though it were 
a last moment. Does that make sense? <laughs> I think it does. Over to you guys. Yeah, I'd definitely say it makes sense. I mean, there is a beginning, there is a middle, there is an end. And we're all living in the middle right now. You know, until the dash is over, we're in that space. I, I love uh, the imagery of the beginning on a tombstone. And then there's the dash, that's their life. And then the end where we transition to whatever's next and so yeah well put and I, I you know this too shall pass that's the dash how i'm living into the dashes is, is the choices that i make to continue to step in a way that either adds to my energy or takes my energy away that's how it shows up for me so every time i come into a reflection of something Am I adding to myself or am I diminishing myself? Thank you for that. And I'll pass it to someone else. I'd love to pick up the stick. This is Celeste. Thank you, Sid, for pulling me up. Um, I love that whole concept, Paul, of the beginning, the middle, and the end. And I would just like to add one more. And then we have another beautiful beginning. When we talk divine timing, that could not have been more prevalent this morning with this, the way all of this transpired, Sid. This series that you had right here and that man coming in that room today, at this time, at this moment, even after you had blocked him, <laughs> watching you, hearing you, feeling you speak to that topic, in that man, in that situation, and feeling your energy shift was beyond beautiful and perfect. You know me, I don't like drama. And for the past, I would say probably at least month, every time somebody would even talk about it, I'd be like, are we not done with this yet? Are we not done with this yet? <laughs> Is it not over yet? because I don't like to carry on putting energy somewhere where it doesn't belong. But this morning, that shift was amazing and magical to watch. It truly was because you shifted the energy into completely allowing for him to, to re-shift his thoughts and think about where he was coming from and where he wanted to go. There was nothing for him to do. There was nothing for him to do but to either come into your love and peace and forgiveness that you were offering or to walk away with his tail between his legs, still having to reflect on himself and what he's going to need to heal. But it's all on him. You, you, it was beautiful. I can't say this enough. Beautiful to watch the energy shift in you this morning as you went through the whole series and then ended with that forgiveness and accepting him back into the fold. I, I It was an honor to watch, my friend. And with that, I will pass the stick. I was just gonna say, I wish I had been there um, because that is the art of someone who's at, um, you know, who has really uh, allowance and also the reflection which is what we're talking about that he could just be a reflection back without creating resentment or anger or you know more righteousness i mean that's a, a truly a uh, a place to 
um, a place to stand, I think. So I wish I could have been there for that because it sounds awesome. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I'll pick it up. But I'm actually sitting in awe of the moment myself. And I was the one orchestrating the moment. The first thing that came up was like, okay, here's this person that has been attacking me and I don't know this person at all. Never met, haven't even heard his voice on a on a voice app. I've never had an interaction with this guy. So speaking about me, I already get that, okay, you're making it up as you go, not mine. That's really your reflection. I, I get that part of of how things move that I am reflecting for each and every one of you. And, and, and you all are reflecting of me. I mean, that's just the way it is. And so when he came in the room and instantly started talking about me in the chat, where you can type, for those that have never been on the Clubhouse app, you can type in the chat on the side. So he starts saying stuff. And I saw it and I was like, nope, we're not going to play that. We're going to get right into this. Let me turn the chat off and invite you up. We can have a real conversation. Now, so instantly as as all of this is there, I had to go in and realize, oh, my energy just got hit. Because I was rolling in this light, free space. And then, okay, this is where I am. I'm going to speak to it, acknowledge it. And now I'm going to allow that to shift. My way of shifting it was, okay, right here, right now, I'm going to practice forgiveness. I forgive you so that I can let this go. Forgiveness is forgiving it away. And then finally, it was like, okay, now where do we go from here? I'm going to invite you into something else, something different than this drama that has been presented. And how do we want to do it? And that, that's really it. I think those, for me, as I sit back and look now, the first thing is acknowledging, which I, I do, I acknowledge my real feelings, what's happening on the inside of me in the moment. And then clearing any thoughts that are tethering me to that feeling. And now recruiting someone into what's possible going forward. And I hope, I'm, I'm hopeful for him that if he chooses to come back, we can move forward. I mean, we, we, I do feel that every human has come here with a beautiful spirit. I, I've, I've yet to meet a baby where I'm like, ooh, please send that one back. Every one of us has, comes with a beautiful spirit. And it's just an invitation that I can offer anytime I meet someone that's been lost from that beautiful spirit, an invitation to come back and bring heaven on earth that we've all been looking for. And I'll pass it to anyone. Thanks. Peace. Well, I mean, that just opens up so much. I'm wondering if we, um, oh, hey, David just showed up. This is awesome. David, did you have something you wanted to add off of Sid share? Hey, good morning, Michelle. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I um, uh, 
just on the topic, actually, um, you know, I think that um, the, you know, the concept of, of, of letting it be over, what I un- interpret this uh, reflections, what reflections, what's yours, let it be over. You know, my understanding of that is, is that, you know, we need to live in our purpose and be in, be in congruence with that, right? Um, and knowing that, you know, our purpose is not stagnant. You know, we, we go through this process every day. Many of us here have jumped into these clubhouse rooms because we acknowledge and embrace the fact that personal development is a daily job. Every day we have to get up and be intentional about how we move, how we think, so we can control how we feel and thereby controlling how we take action. And that action is going to reap us a certain, uh, um, you know, it's going to reap us a certain result. And that's going to reinforce our belief systems. And so um, let it be over. I understand that to be like, hey, don't linger in what you've accomplished. Right. Don't linger in the things that you did yesterday. I have a lot of people in my circle who frequently talk about things that happened five, six, seven, ten years ago. And they're and they're always talking about it. Whenever I see them, that's what it seems like they're stuck ten years ago. And I'm like, man, yeah, I, I appreciate the memory and I appreciate that we were able to do that, but I'm I'm so on to something bigger and better and and more significant. And so you know, I, I use my reflections and I use my life experience to say, okay, great. Uh, where did I start? Where am I now? And where am I going? And so uh, with that, you know, that's, that's my interpretation of your, of the topic here in this room today and what I've heard. And, and along the way, you've got to implement those types of things, right? You've got to implement the forgiveness. So many of us hold on to uh, anger and frustration. Um, so much of our society today, right, is is people really feel entitled to their pain, right? You you talk to some people and they'll they will just go in and tell you how much something hurt them, and every time you talk to them, they bring that thing up and they're like, "Well, let me tell you what happened to me," and it becomes this uh, one-upsmanship of pain and suffering, and you just kind of like, man, what? You know, you guys need to heal. Y'all need to move on from that thing. That thing doesn't have to continue to define you because it happened to you. And so, uh, uh, again, you know, uh, I'm so grateful uh, to to have met the folks in this room, in this circle of people who are aspiring to consistently get better and to share their knowledge. Right. I mean, people are giving uh, master classes on personal development and positive psychology in this room. You know, this is stuff that, that could easily be monetized and sold out on the, uh, on the marketplace. But yet you've got so many people in here giving their knowledge, giving their game, sharing specific uh, tangible tactics on personal development, taking responsibility, developing yourself so that you can make the contributions in life that are gonna make a difference in your support system and in your circle of influence. And so do that work. Uh, Keep coming to rooms like this. Uh, Let go of of those things in your past. Don't hold on to the the injuries and the the personal attacks or, you know, because again, people are damaged, right? Hurt people, 
hurt people, right? And that's what we see in this world right now. And so we we are the tips of the spear when it comes to this transformation that we want to see in our circles of influence, which will eventually, you know, influence the world. We have to do this good work. And um, so I'm grateful to be a part of this collective and and to, to have a voice and to to be on the stage. And 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 please, if, if I can help anybody in this room in who's hearing my voice, if I can help you, please hit me in the back channel. I will do whatever I can uh, uh, to do that and to be a resource for you. I'm the catalyst. I'm complete. Ooh, that's a lot, David. You know, forgiveness is, in reflection uh, are so important, uh, not just for ourselves, but for others. And for me, it's a part of taking full responsibility for life because as a human being, I don't know how to be anything other than a human being. And as this human being, I I have noticed moving through my life that when forgiveness is in the space, there's such a different access to intimacy and to possibilities that can't be without that. And, you know, I see that as part of taking responsibility as well as um, declaring. Because I think once you've taken responsibility and you've reflected on what's what's in front of you, what's the horizon that's been behind you, where are you currently in this current moment, um, then I think it's about declaring what we want to author uh, right now. And so I think declaration is wed to reflection on the other side of it. And I'm hearing you declare right now, you know, that you want to continue to be a part of uh, critical conversations like this and you know and declaring that you are you know into expansion and so i just appreciate your share sid back to you and i'm back yay hey go on in there Dwayne. let's hear what you got to say today good to hear your voice well good morning to you sid good to hear you as always and michelle and i are well into our day uh with conversation having started at about 5 15. Uh, AM here on the West Coast, and my participation will be spotty this morning because I'm sitting here continuing to go over the script that we start shooting in um, in two hours. So one of the thoughts that came up for me, one, I want to just mention this because this is the single most beautiful description of forgiveness I've ever heard, and it actually comes from the Bible, and Michelle just mentioned forgiveness, and here is what the Bible had to say about it. It said that forgiveness is the scent the rose petal leaves upon the heel that crushed it. Yeah, just be with that for a moment. Forgiveness is the scent the rose petal leaves upon the heel that crushed it. So even though there are others who may have intended us harm or possibly even unintentionally administered harm our way. When we forgive, it anoints them with a scent upon the heel that crushed us that they didn't ask for, meaning they didn't ask for that scent. And it is probably something 
that overwhelms because it is so much the opposite of what they may have intended or what they may have wanted. Someone looks to hurt and you return love. The rose petal leaves a scent upon the heel that crushed it. Just a random thought about that. And also uh, on this idea of declaring our candidacy, I have three thoughts today, this being the second one. When we declare our candidacy, there is a new word that emerges that truly is more powerful than hope, wish, or want. And that is the word ready. I use it with my students all the time when I hear what they hope will happen or what they wish will happen or what they want to happen. And my question is, are you ready? I'm not so much interested in listening to discussions of hope, wish, and want, but are you ready? Because our readiness is the thing that declares our candidacy to receive. Life doesn't waste a lot of time on hoping, wishing, and wanting. And when we think about hoping and wanting, let me use wanting specifically. I want keeps me in wanting. But when I say I'm ready, it keeps me in readiness. I don't want to stay in wanting, but I love being in readiness. So I'm ready keeps me in readiness. Readiness to what? To receive readiness for whatever it is. When you think about it, our, our uh, firefighters and EMTs and so forth, they are primarily paid for their readiness. We pay them to be ready because we never know when a fire may break out or a car crash may occur. And there are long periods of time where they are sitting at the firehouse and they are inactive, but they are ready. And it doesn't matter what hour of the day the phone rings at 4 a.m. and it's your job to be saving someone's life within minutes. And in that space, there is no room for tiredness. Why? Because they're ready. So my question to the audience today is, what are you ready for? And get yourself ready. Don't merely want and don't merely wish and don't merely hope. What are you ready to experience today? You remember when we were children, we all heard this song, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Let's go back to that lyric. If you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show it. It doesn't say if you're happy, then your life will show it. It says if you're happy and you know it. To what degree are we practicing our daily knowingness? Because when we do indeed know it, whatever the it may be, when we know it, then our lives will surely show it. It's a truth. It turns out that wasn't just a cutesy song. It was very impactful, highly evolved. When we're happy and we know it, then our life will surely show it. When we're ready and we know it, 
then our life will surely show it. So we can we can substitute a word there, and it and the sentence continues to be true because it is reflecting our knowingness. That's thought number two. Here's thought number three. Before I go back into studying my script, thought number three is that we hear this in every room I'm in. We hear it endlessly, and it's so important, and it never gets old because it's never not true. It's always true about how powerful the spoken word is. And once we say it, I'm going to invite whoever has a pen in hand that wants to write this down. There is a phrase in metaphysics in New Thought that says this, and so it is, four words, and so it is. When we begin to tag whatever statement we're making as an absolute, when we're declaring, as Michelle and I call it, these uh, pronouncements, and many of them are not true at all. They've just lasted because they've, they've been unchallenged. And I encourage you to challenge the things that you're saying are so. Please challenge them. Don't just mindlessly echo societal downloads. And don't echo something just because it seems to be popular. A lot of people are saying it. A lot of people are doing it. None of that has any bearing whatsoever as to whether or not it's true. It is true that a lot of people do some idiotic things. And sometimes maybe I have, or maybe you have, I don't know. You'll have to determine whether or not you've ever done something that was really not true or it was unchallenged. But when I catch myself, and I've been a practitioner of this for many years, needing to, as part of my accountability process, say, and so it is, Life is the great agreeer. Life agrees with whatever we have decided is the truth. And if we want life to disagree, then we need to disagree with whatever we continue to state is true. So if you say life is difficult, then I want you to hear the four words, and so it is. As though a wand, you know, the saying is, my word is my wand. So a wand has been waved over our lives. The moment we declare something is truth, if we hear ourselves say, and so it is, and then we say, wait, whoa, 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 stop. I don't want that to be true for my life. Someone's saying life is difficult. Really? Is that what you want to experience? A much healthier phrase would be life can be difficult, but not life is difficult. And I want everyone to hear, do you hear the difference? I'm asking for some evidence in the room, a nod, a flash, something, someone speak to this. If you hear the difference between life is difficult and life can be difficult, meaning I'm not arguing that at times life isn't difficult. What I'm saying is life isn't inherently difficult. I, I will not make such a pronouncement because that's not what I wish to wake up to every day deciding in advance that life is difficult because my decision that life is difficult is the very thing that makes it difficult uniquely for me because that is the paradigm that I've subscribed to. I've decided in advance, for example, that show business is damn near impossible. That's not healthy for me, which is why I've been able to make a great living as an actor.
because I refused to buy into the consciousness of difficulty. I didn't come to LA to pursue a career. I came here to have a career. Big difference. So how I think determines what I experience. And the moment I state something as an absolute, then life simply says, and so it is, and it agrees with me, and it starts providing me with evidence to prove how correct I am with my assessment, even if that assessment is inaccurate, which is what I want to be really, really careful about, that I'm not walking around making pronouncements that have nothing to do with the truth and are going to create a situation for me to live out in reality. Glenn. My word is my wand. Glenn, can you add in on it's my nature? Because this just seems to really, you know, sure. bookend what it is you're speaking into. Sure. Thank you that we love each other enough to be able to know each other's material. It was just such Thank an important you. thing that you shared in a few clubhouse rooms, uh, you know, Gosh, and I just want to make sure that the people who are in here and who are listening to yeah. the podcast have access to this part of your brilliance. Sure. Well, I, you know, in, in my program, I have been talking about nature versus goals for many, many years. I know the exact number, actually. It's 39 years that I've been talking about this, that goals are not a part of my life. I don't use the word, um, and it's because it's been replaced for me by a whisper that turned out to be much stronger and much more true for me than goals are. So for example, is it my goal to be loving? No, it is not. It is my nature. It is not my goal. Is it my goal to be prosperous? No, prosperity is my nature. It is not my goal. So goals are something that exists outside of ourselves. Hence the term he or she reached their goal. They reached it, meaning they had to reach out to grab it. Whereas my nature, there is no reaching. I just have to accept that this is who I already am. Is it my goal to be kind? No, kindness is my nature. This has helped an incalculable number of lives over the years. When people realized, oh my God, I'm chasing something that is already mine. I'm looking outside of myself from that which is within, which, by the way, is what the movie The Wizard of Oz was all about. That was the spiritual message. There's no place like home. Dorothy thought it was all down the yellow brick road and it was all down in Oz. And then she waked up, she woke up and realized that there's no place like home. And she found herself wanting, she found herself wanting to click her heels together to go home. And home wasn't just a physical place. It was a metaphor, that place of perfect peace, that place of understanding, that place of perfection. And so, yeah, I, I, I sample it, try it on, sample it. Start changing the word goal to nature, including big words like healthy. Is it your goal to be healthy? No, it's your nature to be healthy. And then you realize, wow, Probably where I came up with this is maybe there's much of my life that has been lived in opposition to my very nature, which is problematic. Of course, it's problematic to be at odds with ourselves. But when we see that all of these things we've been seeking are actually already who we are, 
They're actually already our nature. Hence the term, it's time to get back to nature. And I'll stop there. Thank you for the uh, appreciation of my lengthy share. Love from the West Coast to all of you. I've got a big day ahead, so I'm going to be mostly listening at this point. I'll jump in. And, and Glenn, thank you so much for all of the wisdom you just dropped into your share and, and taking the time as you study the script. And you started with forgiveness and using the essence from the Bible. Forgiveness is the scent on the heel of the rose petal that crushed it. That is such beauty uh, in the expression. That, and I love that you just brought that one forward because it's, it's so the space of how things can, can be left. You know, what is it that in any moment that, I, that I'm in, that I, how am I working with it? Am I leaving it just because it came to me from animosity or greed or hurt or guilt or shame? I get to choose how, what am I leaving it as next? I, I, for me, the imagery is I breathe in this space of whatever it is outside of me and i shift it inside to peace and now i breathe it back out as love and that that is that is such a beautiful part of what you shared and and the other one of what the second thing you shared reminded me of how, how i always coach to my players get ready to be ready don't have me turn around and look and and I say, hey, got to get in the game. Now they got to go get ready to get there. Oh, where's my helmet? How do I put, I got to tie my shoe. No, no, no. Be ready now so that you can play. And I always told them, stay ready. Because when I call on you, be ready. Stay ready to step right into it and, and, and open that up. And then finally you said, well, not finally, but one thing you said next was, and so it is, you know, I, I captured that the first time I heard you say that, and I put it right in to uh, the next day, because it was Tuesday was the first time that I heard it. it was on a Tuesday. And then I had to go speak to close to a thousand people on Wednesday. And I laughed because I, I've, in my heart, I've always known, hey, when I come to speak, get ready for it. Because here it comes. So be ready to receive this. And I looked at Liz and I said, this is so, and now I go. I stepped right into it and delivered the best speech I think I've ever done in my life. So Come thank you for that. With it. Yeah, brother. It was, it was the real deal. Like, and then finally, what you just shared, and then I'm going to leave it open for someone. Nature versus nurture. That's what I meant to say. Nature versus nurture. And when I think of nature, the, the nature of things that are in me, it's, it's, it's already there. It's the nature, it's there. And then nurture is the goal. Like when I, when I think of nurturing something, it's, it's reaching for a goal because it's not there. And for me, it's my nature. It's my nature to step into things full on. There is no leaving it where where it is and walking away I that's my nature 
I'm coming for it. And so thank you for, for pouring all that in and, and just allowing it to resonate within my soul and anyone listening. So thank yeah, you so much. Well, the beautiful thing, Sid, about our nature is you don't have to acquire it. Right on. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, it reminds me of a great song. It's your nature. You don't have to go acquire your nature. It's just about accepting what is. What's the song, Michelle? It, it's called It's in Every One of Us. And I, I can play it at the oh, end of the Oh, I know that song. Short. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. And and I know that. Well, maybe you cue it up and have it in the next five minutes would be awesome. Perfect. I can do that. And also, I know that Lee has to go. So. I thought maybe we could give him a chance to get his mic flashing and open. And Lee knows all about and so it is. I know, I do know all about and so it is. And I was going to pick up <laughs> pick up right where uh, where that was. And Michelle, the Dennis the Young version of that song is magnificent, actually. Um, so um, yes, and so it is, and so it is. And, and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to head right in that direction. That we're, you know, when we first started the conversation today, and just such a wonderful, wonderful conversation, the first thing that came to my mind is where my, where I tend to live and where I tend to, to head in such conversations is in just being in the now moment. Because living in the reflection and letting things be over, letting the past be the past, and whatever's to come, let that come. What matters is where I am now, because now is where I, now is where I can live in love. Now is where I'm powerful. Now is where action takes place. Now is where being is. Now is where I'm living. And now is where I get to create. You know, and it is my nature, as Glenn was talking about. It is our nature to be creative to speak our words. You know, we are, we are encouraged to know the truth and know that the truth and knowing the truth sets us free. It's not believing, not beseeching, not asking, not wondering, not anything else, but we are, we are to know. We are to know what is true deep in our hearts, not to just think about it, not to just consider about it, but to spend the time necessary to move from a place of inviting to a place of accepting, to a place of celebrating, to a place of knowing, where there's no question. I don't question whether the sun's going to come up in the morning. I simply know. I don't question whether the moon is in motion when I can't see it. I know it is. The clouds. I don't wonder if the seeds are going to sprout or the flowers are going to bloom or the rabbit is going to run across the road in front of me. I know that's going to happen. And I don't even concern myself with it because I wholly expect that these things are going to happen. I walk in the world with a certain expect expectancy that this is what's true. And to get to the same place that I, where I know these truths to be so about me, where I can walk around with that and so it is attitude about the wonderful being that I am and the wonderful beings that surround me in this world. To walk around understanding that 
there is a certain level of divinity existent beyond what even may appear. Beyond what may appear to be limitations or something missing or something lacking. Everything is in perfect order. Everything is manifest in perfect accord with what we know. And we can shift that knowing. There's there there's a there's a simple little equation. And I and I'll share it with you as quickly as I can. And it goes like this. And if you're if you're one to take notes, get your pencils ready. We start with it is, meaning source, God, spirit, whatever name you would give to it. It is. It is, and it is everything that we expect it to be. It is love and truth and joy and peace. It is all these things. The second step is I am. I am connected with this. I am an expression of the it is, whatever it is. I am one with it. And it's moving in me and through me and around me in every moment with every breath, every thought closer to me than my hands and feet. And so because it is and because I am, I have and I experience every good thing that I could possibly imagine that I can know to be true about me. You name it, health, happiness, love, joy, prosperity, wisdom, insight, harmony. You choose, you name it, speak the word because it is and I am and because it is and I am, I have and then I am forth grateful. I express gratitude. I feel gratitude for the goodness, feel gratitude for the knowing. And then I let it all go and I say, and so it is. I speak those words because it's already complete. Because once it's formed in my consciousness, once it's formed in my knowingness, It's already done. It is already done. Thank you for the time and the space this morning. Such a joy and an honor to be here with all of you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. It's in every one of us to be Find your heart and open up your eyes. We can all know everything without ever knowing why. It's in every one of us by Not a way.
weak as I can be. But my seeing's better. I can see through the tears. I keep realizing that I bought this ticket, but watching only half of the show. There is scenery and lights And a cast of thousands Who all know What I know And it's good That it's fall It's in we go that was cliff richards it's in every one of us and there are several other people who have actually made their own rendition of this song but i highly recommend it and i see that we still have victoria victoria mike to you this has been thank you this has been such a beautiful discussion such a beautiful discussion um just thinking about forgiveness and the i am's and who are we really and what I have come to learn is that we're all one. We're all connected. We are all from the same source, whatever. Did we just lose Victoria? Yeah, somehow someone must have clicked on her face and then that bounced her to the bottom. So now she's back. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I got and that's okay. Things happen. I know sometimes when we're looking at um, profiles or whatever, we hit the wrong button. I know I've done that um, before. Um, and some of the discussion really struck me today. And part of that when Sid was talking about when, um, I'm going to call it adversary, adversity because I have no other word for it, uh, how he checked his energy. And it's all about the energy that we pro we project, isn't it? It's it's the energy that we project that comes back to us. And sometimes our energy is a bit too much for some people and they don't know how to react. And they may come after us or come towards us in a way that's not loving and that's not peaceful and joyful. But once they get it, once we check our energy and those same people get a taste of what our energy is and the, and the beauty of it, 
um, eventually they can't help but learn to accept the beauty of our energy. When it comes to forgiveness, uh, I love that. It's the rose that was crushed and stepped on. I do believe that forgiveness becomes, uh, forgiveness is with ourselves first. We must learn to forgive ourselves. When we can forgive ourselves, there's love and there's healing there. I drop the shit ofs, would ofs, if only I had ofs. None of that matters. It doesn't matter. What matters is what Lee talked about, what Michelle talked about. It's the now. It's the now that matters. It makes no sense to drag the familiar past with you into the present or worry and be anxious about the unknown future and drag those into the now because tomorrow's not promising. We can't change the past. It's about what difference can I make now? What am I projecting now? Who am I now? And as I grow and as I um, expand in consciousness and awareness, I, I strive each day to become my higher self that I already am, by the way. I am all of those things. We are all of those things that we seek. We comes down to really calling the things that are not or that we perceive are not as if they are because they truly are. Everything is already here. It comes down to what are we projecting? How are we showing up? Who do we want to be right now in this moment? Because that is the only thing we have control of. Is our attitudes, it's our feeling, it's our aura, it's our chakras, whatever you want to call it. It's now. And when we project love, which is, by the way, is the highest vibrational frequency known to man, is love, that energy. It radiates nine meters around us. People are attracted to that. People are attracted to that loving energy. And the more we give, the more we get because giving is receiving and receiving is giving. And when we can understand that and we can understand that to give is to get and we can accept that that getting, very often we, we don't want to accept that getting. But what are we here for? We are here to give, and by giving, we are receiving. It's about ordering the things that are already here and recognizing them, being aware, living now in the present, the one thing that we can control. The one thing we can control is our attitudes right now in the present. Back to you, Sid or Michelle. Hey, Victoria. Yes. Victoria. Yes. I want you to know that I am the culprit who jettisoned you into the audience. Oh, right next, right next to look at entire profile, full profile is the button that says move to the audience. And I was trying to look at your profile because I love what you're sharing. And I inadvertently hit move to audience. So it was me and I apologize. I, I figured that's what happened because I, I have unfortunately been on your end of that. So I get it. Thank you for, for your for looking into me. I, I do I look up I truly appreciate you, Glenn. And all well, the I look up speakers when I'm deeply moved by them or when I'm appalled and can't stand them. 
Well, I just know you love me, so that's all I'm. I do love you. you I do. So I was looking you up out of love, and 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 in the midst of loving you, I shipped you off into the audience. So anyway, I'm so sorry about that. I just want to take this moment of of gratitude in a teachable moment that things happen. And thank you, Victoria, for allowing yourself to be in it's okay, it's good. And Glenn, for the ownership of the moment. And man, what would it be like if the world started operating in that? Simply let it be good and ownership of the moment. Thank you both for for that and letting it be good. Glenn, Sid, go that, is, that is actually worth uh, talking about because if you think about it, uh, Victoria had an opportunity to allow herself to feel hurt, rejected, confused, overwhelmed, pissed off. She had a lot of options available and she figured just something happened that was quite simple and did not need to be interpreted any other way. And you're absolutely right. What a beautiful world this not only would be, but does become. The world does become that when we live that way. And then when we own raising your hand, if if you're the one who is responsible for that, also making it no big deal and saying what was intended was love. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And this is really the world doesn't need all that much to shift in a major way. If you really think about it, that major global shifts can occur with just a few simple changes. You know, it's been said and it's true that if in your trip to even a place like Los Angeles is fresh on my mind because I flew here yesterday. They are constantly, they meaning the pilots, are constantly recalibrating and the, and the flight is recalibrating its own trajectory because of headwinds or even tailwinds that send it slightly askew. And so it is a, a matter of constantly course correction, course correction, course correction. And if it doesn't do that, if you start off and you wind up 1% off of the 360 degrees. So if you're one degree off coming from DFW to Los Angeles, the plane is nowhere near LA when it lands. And that's by one degree. If you're only flying to Fort Worth, you'll probably hit the north side of Fort Worth. You'll still be in the city limits. But after 1,425 miles, that one degree is significant. It is made exponential through distance. So if we want something to be long lasting, if we want something to represent significant, impactful change in the world, we probably are only going to have to shift about one degree in terms of our move from darkness to light and from lack to prosperity. So thank you, Victoria. Thank you, Sid, for recognizing that to be indeed a teachable moment. 
I also would love to add something as well. Oh, <laughs> just a quick thing. One thing that I have noticed when this situation happened, when Glenn moved Victoria down to the audience was, where is my thoughts even going that am I going to be accused for, for doing something like that? And where are, where do our thoughts go when situations like this happen? Does it turn to the negative? Does it turn to, is there going to be a spotlight on me? Does it turn, where does our thoughts go? And, and it's important to reflect on that because we need to be aware that we are all innocent individuals, even through the mistakes we make, we are innocent. And, and, and there's a lot of times when we walk on this planet and we do the Napoleon um, thing, which is guilty till proven innocent, but we're all innocent. We're all innocent people. We are, yes, we make mistakes um, and, and we need to be aware of that, but we also need to be aware where our thoughts as well move to when we observe something going on in the room. That, that's my thoughts. Thanks. I'd love to pick up. Um, I love this conversation and I'm so happy you just shared and added to it also, Neil. For years, I've, I've always been saying my life is not about rights and wrongs. This world puts too much emphasis on who's right and who's wrong. And instead of just looking at everything as a perspective and a learning, it, it adds softness to it. It adds an openness for people to walk their journey and learn their lessons without that judgment and shame. And, and it pulls people out of it so much faster when we just can look at things, not from a right or wrong, who's right and who's wrong, but just from a perspective, just from a point of view. It doesn't mean you have to accept everyone's as yours, but we're too quick. Not, I don't want to say that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to reframe that because I'm not, <laughs> I used to be too quick to, to judge that people were judging me or I wasn't right. Or I, you know, needed to be right. And when we can get rid of that, it just opens that space so much easier for so much more love, so much for understanding and, so much more can be achieved and accomplished in that space and in that energy than rights and wrongs. I love it. And thank you. Thank you both. And, and Neil, you brought up something that I really pay a lot of attention to that subconscious part of my brain and how is it moving? And what is it inviting in? You know, that part that you caught of listening to yourself on what is coming is that program that's just running in the background. And once I found it, I then was able to shift how things come because everything that I see comes from a thought. I see the tree because I think it's a tree when actually I could see it as so many other things. The bird sees it as a home, as it builds its nest. I'm not sure that it even thinks about it being a tree other than its eye. And so such a big part. I mean, I think we have a lot of hidden things that people listening can pick up in this moment. And knowing that I, if I choose to, my consciousness 
overrides my subconscious. And if I do it enough, it becomes my subconscious. And that it's just such a, a fascinating and integral part of my evolution has been in recognizing the unconscious and how that's programmed my subconscious in a space. And that's why my life was continually bringing to me what is happening in the moment. And then the shifted consciously into something different is the evolution. So thank you for sharing that. Sid, when it comes down really to me and I, you know, when, when Glenn admitted it and I said, it's really, it's okay. It really comes down to understanding that people will do what people are going to do, sometimes intentional, sometimes unintentional. For me, it's about giving people the benefit of the doubt. It really is. And sometimes when people come after me and, and maybe they're not uh, being kind at the time, I still respond to them with love. I will say something like, are you okay? Are you okay? Instead of responding in like kind, uh, unless someone's being kind, I'm gonna be kind back to them. But I have found that a lot of times when people come after you, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with what's happening with them. It has to do with what's going on in their heart. And it doesn't have anything to do with me. And once I came to two conclusions that changed my life. One, there's a piece of me and everyone I see, because we're all connected and we're all from the same creator, as I said. And number two, life is not always about me. It doesn't always revolve around me. People have their own issues, their own problems, their own hurts, their own desires. And when we're able to move ourselves out of the way, it's life-changing. And people can't help but be drawn to the loving energy. It's a pattern interrupt. When people are upset and they're angry and they, they're just at wit's end, and the heart, you know, as a heart healer, I deal with trauma. Uh, childhood trauma and inner child healing and what i have found just in my work is that if you can interrupt that pattern of thinking that i am if you can interrupt that identity and you can change on the at the level of the identity it works wonders for people but i just say are you okay and it really makes a difference because one it does show i care and it does keep me from going off the deep end over something that really doesn't matter at the end. Because in the end of the day, the question is, is this gonna matter in an hour, five days, five years, is it going to matter? And most of the time, it will not. Back to you, Sid. I love it. And that, for me, that, that practice you're talking about is, is the practice of compassion. You know, I, I like to look at things in four possibilities. And if we were to go clockwise on a, four four section grid first is the jerk then there's an empowered space from the jerk's action there is the victim and an empowered space from moving into victimhood in order to have a jerk in my life i must be playing victim in order to have a victim in my life i must be playing as a jerk i can be appropriate with the same energy of the jerk or or the victim and in that space i then turn myself into someone that can move from compassion. 
because I know that the the person who's being a jerk in some way, maybe it's arrogance. And that person that's being arrogant actually is trying to stretch into being confident. That person that is being meek often is wanting to just be humble. And so I have compassion for the for the ones that may be overstretching outside of what is the appropriateness of the moment. So thank you for sharing that. And, and I'll hand it over to you, Michelle. Thanks, Pete. Mm, yeah, I mean, this this has been a really, really powerful conversation. And, um, you know, I, I had, I was thinking a lot about something you said at the beginning of the room, which was um, that, you know, well, and Lee hearkened to it, you know, the power of being in the now, and then the now we can't really hold on to the two conflicting experiences. Uh, you know, if you're in love, it's very hard to be in hate, uh, right? Uh, and if you're in the now, it's very hard actually to totally experience either uh, a strongly except for the abundance that is life, which brings me to gratitude. I think that when we are resonating in that frequency, which I know Victoria mentioned earlier, uh, of love, and I think gratitude is one expression of love. It's a way of giving back to life, of giving our love uh, directly into the present uh, of whatever it is that we are being grateful for. And I think that that ripples out into the universe. And so I think if I'm practicing being grateful, then I am living powerfully in the now and I am exuding that frequency of love, uh, which is unconditional. And in the unconditionality, I see only huge potential everywhere, possibilities everywhere, things that I think are not available to us when we're in constriction, when, when we're in um, those opposites, those places outside of the present moment, because so often we're looking backwards, we're, you know, driving forward, look, but using the rearview mirror to provide the way in which we think we should be headed uh, based off of our past experience. And I know that's hard to pull ourselves out of that as human beings, but it is possible. It's possible. And uh, not everybody lives that way, of course, but, you know, the invitation is to be grateful. And uh, out of that, Sid, I have a song that I want to cue up at the end of the room or right now. Uh, and it was about the fact that you uh, brought into focus that we have this moment and then it's gone. And, you know, how grateful in a way are we for us right here, right now, this group of people and the people, wherever you are, if you're listening to the podcast, what can you take from that, that to, to influence the rest of the moments that you do have? So let me know when I can play the song and I'll play the song out. 